We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. I don't think you could say Batshuayi was benched. He's never actually started. So, uh, No, considering what he's done this year, I'm <clears> considering every time he doesn't start, he's been benched. It's unfair. It is just unfair. Sorry, well, let's stop, let's stop it during the podcast. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast, brought to you by rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For news, rankings, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, head over to rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. I am your host, Mike Gottlieb, and with me, as always, is Andrew Laird, uh, the superior Andrew Laird. If you look at our DraftKings or any other league, basically this past weekend, because I did not do very well. Uh, we'll get to that more later in the podcast. Uh, what we do want to do today is we will ra- uh, we will do a wrap up of all the games from game week three, uh, and we will send you into the international break with our thoughts on what's been conducted at the first half of the last of the last week of the uh, transfer deadlines because there's been so much stuff, Andrew, and so much news to react to. It's almost it's almost hard to pick where to start. Uh, I think you need to start at Arsenal, right? They finally got their center forward their defensive or box-to-box midfielder and their center back all is solved title (laughs) here we come (laughs) and uh, well you know uh, you know break it break it down for uh, break it down for me so let's start at the back here uh so skodra mustafi finally signed his uh his transfer in so uh, this is someone who i'm probably going to put in claims for in our season long leagues uh, because i Mm -hmm. think that he has Especially with Koscielny, it's going to be a good partnership. They're both pretty quick. Uh, they're both big. And mm-hmm. in Mustafi's case, he's actually pretty strong too. Yeah, Koscielny's a little lean. But it's. Uh, I think it might has the potential to be a good partnership. Maybe not right away, but down the road. I'm 
I'm hoping it doesn't take too long, but uh, yeah, they're both, they're finally kind of two legit top line center backs. Like I think these guys could be like a top center back on a lot of other clubs. And the fact that they have both of them certainly makes it better. I mean, Rob Holding has shown to be pretty good, but he's kind of like pretty good for a 20 year old. So uh, Arsenal continues to have, uh, you know, I don't want to call it like this win now mentality, but they're a top club and they, you know, have to play for the title every year and uh, they weren't going to get close with Rob Holding starting all the time. So, yeah, I mean, this Mustafi deal is like was supposed to happen. Well, not supposed to happen, but it's basically been agreed for a month and it finally uh, came through. And so, yeah, I think that partnership will be good. And, uh, you know, Pierre Mertesacker's injury has him out for another few weeks. And so, or excuse me, a few more months. And then Gabriel uh, is out for a few more weeks. He was clearly not the answer. So, um this, you know, everybody's been clawing, clamoring for a center back, and he got, finally got one. Speaking of Gabriel's, Gabriel Barbosa, or Gabagol, he's, he has transferred to Inter, so all the Premier League clubs missed out, including Chelsea, who were very much involved in that one. Uh, mm-hmm. Kudos to Inter to getting that uh, getting that transfer done. He, he looks to be the real deal, uh, but we've said that before about uh brazilians from the team santos so uh we will we'll that that's more of a future that we'll talk about more uh in probably uh the next world cup because i don't think he's be coming to england anytime soon mm-hmm. but uh so he may throw in a so- syria syria uh, podcast every so often who knows uh, uh, yeah every so often uh <laughs> he, he's gonna be a, he's gonna be the most popular added player on fifa that's what's gonna happen uh <laughs> Ar- so arsenal in order to make room for mustafi maybe uh, they did loan out Callum Chambers, Callum, Callum Chambers to Middlesbrough. That is a mouthful. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's a uh, it's a good loan for me for both club and player here. Yeah, I mean he just he needs to get minutes, and he wasn't going to get that at Arsenal. He probably wasn't going to get it get many even with uh, if Mustafi had stayed in Spain. So yeah, it's a good move. Um, theoretically, he's going to Middlesbrough because they think he can play there. I don't know how long it'll take for him to break through, but. Um, you know, I feel like he's going to have value in leagues that go that deep that you need a Middlesbrough center back. <laughs> you know, like, uh, you have him in e- in EFs, I believe. And you said you're do. happy that you held on to him. I am very happy. I held on to him. I think Middlesbrough first and foremost set up in a way that it's hard to break down. They don't, I'm not saying they, they, they parked the bus, but they do kind of what Watford did last year at the beginning of the season. They have their two forwards up front and, I want to, I don't know if I want to call Gaston Ramirez a forward, but he's the one who drops a little bit further to help set up the opportunities for Negredo going and Sturani too going forward. Uh, it's it's really nice to see it all coming together, kind of. Uh, and, and now Middlesbrough make themselves a little more solid at the back here with Callum Chambers, at least adding depth, if not a starter. Yeah, I that's how I look at it. I think they're just adding depth, but he but that depth will probably get used more than it would at Arsenal. I think when you look at Middlesbrough defensively, I think Callum Chambers can add a dynamic, especially on set pieces going forward. He's already shown that he can score a goal this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, yes, he's shown he can score a goal. That's right. <laughs> hey, look, one and one is not bad for a defender or for anybody in that. For anybody, game. really, yeah. Uh, but it's it, it's it's Callum Chambers has all the talent that a South a Southampton Academy product can have as a defender. Mm-hmm. and Arsenal saw that talent and decided not to use it, and I think that's why the loan system exists here. They don't really want to give up on him, but they do want it to see what he's got, and yeah. why not unleash him on his opponents? So it's it, – it, uh, sorry, on Arsenal's opponents. So basically uh, because, the, because the Premier League doesn't allow players to play for their play against their parent club, it's a win-win for Arsenal. He'll get minutes, and, he'll, and he won't get any of them against Arsenal. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, there's also, I mean, Laurent Koscielny's, I believe he's 30 or he's getting close to 30. So, you know, he's not going to play forever. And obviously, I don't, or obviously I don't think they, they think that Gabriel is the solution. Uh, Mustafi's only 24. So that's, I mean, ideally he sticks around for a while, but they'll need somebody to partner with him. So whether that's going to be holding who's staying or, you know, if Chambers plays really, really well, like that's why you don't sell Chambers because he's still pretty young too, so. Uh, yep, yep. Uh, and 
I'm assuming that the that the we're going to move on from Callum Chambers. We've done too much about him. Uh, I'm assuming the box to box midfield you were talking about was Granite Chaka, who they got yes. earlier. Okay. Yes. There was no new signing that I didn't miss. Okay. Uh, so and then uh, the new forward here, uh, Ric- uh, who was it? Ricardo Perez. Lucas. Lucas Perez. Yes. Yes. yes Lucas Perez. Uh, at least it's not Ben Kingsley. Uh, <laughs> but, we got plenty uh, of pod left. Who knows what can happen. That's all right. We have plenty of names to get through it, so there's plenty of chances for me to butcher them. Either way, um, Perez is on his way to Arsenal, and to make room, Arsenal let Joel Campbell go, which I don't think anyone's too sorry to see. Uh, but uh, this is not the guy that you wanted because <laughs> it, I mean, between him and Giroud, who's better? <laughs> uh, it's definitely Giroud, and I think Lucas kind of plays the Danny Welbeck role which will be interesting when Danny Welbeck can play the Danny Welbeck role. But, um, yeah, I mean, everybody has been clamoring for this dominant central striker, you know, throwing out names like Iguain and Cavani and Ibrahimovic. And they get Lucas, who's good, but, I mean, come on. He's not them. So I don't think this, this like, solves the problem that they had. But they, I mean, in in the ideal Arsene Wenger world, he wins all of this all that he wants to win with Olivier Giroud I don't think he has like another striker that he thinks fits his mold and whether that's true or not that's what he thinks and uh, Lucas I think is just kind of a I don't want to call him a depth player because he's better than that but I don't think he's going to be like a, a 36th game starter or 35 now <laughs> yeah yeah it's yeah I don't think for, for, for FPL purposes he's irrelevant uh, I think he is as long as Giroud is is fit, which he is. I'm I, I'm not sure they're going to start him on a wing uh, with Alexis on the other side uh, and Ozil behind them. It's kind of that. I mean, maybe they do and try to basically play. Or I'm not sure how they can play it, but in my mind, it ends up being like a four-two-two-two, which doesn't really make any sense. So, um. I don't know where he plays, but if they play with if it's if Giroud is starting, which it seems like he would be, then Lucas heads out on the wing. One final Arsenal question before we move off of them: uh, Alex Oxley, Chamberlain, Theo Walcott, either, neither, or both are going to be on the our Arsenal roster past deadline day. I think they're both staying. <sighs> oh God, that is that that's a <laughs> I, that's a I tough think, place to be. I think they still need well. I think they need somebody to play on the other wing uh, because I don't think it's Lucas. And so uh, it's got to be one of them. And one of them is always hurt. So you just have to hope they don't get hurt at the same time. But I think they're, they they don't have – I don't think they have enough depth in the attacking wings to let them both go now that Campbell's in Portugal. And now they're talking about Jack Wilshire going to Roma. Yep. Yep. Which is – Good luck. Hey, you know what? If he if he's unhappy that he's not playing, that's exactly what he should do. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. You know, good. I mean, good riddance to to injured parts, but it's <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, I think I think it's safe to say though that the team that has made the most significant movement in the fact that they've increased their senior roster size by I think thirty three percent. No, not thirty three percent. Twenty percent. Uh, would be Hull because they added three players. <laughs> so by my math, that's one fifth, which is twenty percent uh, of their current roster. Of their current roster is added today. So or, uh, it was David Marshall and Ryan Mason and Willie Keane. So uh, I think Keane. Is, I don't know. Keane's going to be relevant in the near future with Albert Hernandez playing so well uh, and Diamande. So I, I'm not sure. Willie Keane's going to actually feature as a striker going forward for Hull. But the other two, in Ryan Mason and David Marshall, certainly have the opportunity to make uh, to, to make headway you know, from day one in terms of when the Premier League comes back from the international break. Ryan Mason, this is his, this is his chance. Uh, he's had one cap for England, but if he wants to have more caps for England, he's going to have to show that he's valuable at Hull. Yeah, club record signing, which is kind of astonishing when you think about it. But, I mean, he's a defensive midfielder who he actually started at the beginning of last season I believe or got enough playing time in the beginning of the season that you thought he would he, uh, when you get some you sort get, of he got usurped by Bentaleb who was also sent away well I think it was really dire 
I think Dyer's yeah. emergence made. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This was two years ago, I think. It was a two. It might have been. Um, either way, yes, it's. I mean, this is basically Mason's shot because he wasn't going to play at all at, at Spurs. But I don't know. Are you really going to rely heavily on a whole defensive midfielder? They'll I mean, be busy. Yeah, they'll be busy, and in leagues like Taga and in. Uh, and, and yeah, especially leagues like Taga and also our Yesa league. I'm I would be stunned if he wasn't picked up. Yeah, stunned. Oh, well, like, surely he's worth a buck, but I wonder if anybody's really going to pay that much for him. And I don't know if he's going to return significantly more value than, uh, you know, well, Nempalis Mendy. I was just about to say, as a Nempalis Mendy owner, <laughs> twice, twice Nempalis Mendy owner, I'm pretty frustrated with his negative point five points so far. Yeah. Uh, I, I he is clearly not in Golo Conte in the fact that he's also not playing. <laughs> For sure. Uh I just feel like the guys that you want in that role uh are closer to the size of Nemanja Matic and Morgan Schneiderlin and not Ryan Mason, who if my Wikipedia entry that I'm looking at is correct is five foot nine, which He's got a he's got a very fancy leg tattoo. Doesn't make you feel great about big strength in the in the defensive midfield, but yeah. well, David Marshall, you're, David you can Marshall's have the free. one. David Marshall's the one who has the chance right away as well. I mean, Yakupovich has been okay. Uh, I mean, I think the team has kind of played over its skis. Yakupovich uh, included. David Marshall is a steady Eddie, at least. Uh, he's not gonna he's not gonna wow you with saves, but he's also not gonna let up any howlers either. It's just just uh, I, would, I think. I would argue they're exactly the same in terms of fantasy value. <laughs> well, but I mean, he, he has the opportunity. They're hole keeper number one and hole keeper number two. You you would have no difference which one is. They're right. actually technically hole keeper number two. Or right, two and three. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. They're, yeah, I mean. Yeah, but I can't at least we've talked it, this long about a hole In terms keeper. of quantity, that was the most significant. That was the most significant number yeah. of signings by a, by a Premier League team. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's go to Watford, who continued to do business. I mean, we talked about Yer- Daryl Yonmott heading there last week, uh, but they also added very recently Kennedy on loan from Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, in fairness, oh, Nathan Ake also, was also, there on loan and did pretty well last year. Well, uh, also, the, the, uh, we, I remember I talked about this last week. Roberto Pereira, if he got yeah, the start, Pereira. very yep. much considered. And he came off the bench, and what did he do? Scored a goal. He scored. Yeah. He scored a meaningless goal. <laughs> After it hit like seven guys in the box, but yeah, yeah. good deal. It all yeah. counts. Um, did, did, like, he's the, he's, the penalty count. Is there any reason to think he won't be their best fantasy option this season? I guess Dini is probably one. And I'd then still say Dini is one. If Pereira starts, Pereira is going to do more defensively, I think, than Kennedy. But uh, yeah, Kennedy's their most talented player on the ball. Watford's. So yeah. On the when you talk about a guy with the ball at his feet, there is no one better on that team than Kennedy. Um, I'm not sure I've seen every enough of every single Watford player to make an assessment on that. I mean, your candidates are so. Troy Deeney, Odiani Gallo, Roberto Pereira, uh, and I mean, Mario Suarez has been a ghost since he's yeah, been there. Yes, man. Uh, <laughs> Isaac Success, who we haven't really had a, a good look at. I mean, there's really not that much there. But, I mean, it's good to see that Watford have been buying. Uh, it's a yeah. good sign for Watford staying up again this year, which they looked that they're going to. Yeah. You're not going to give everybody's favorite Etienne Capu a little credit? <laughs> not on the ball. He's good at getting the ball back, potentially. But, he, no, I don't care that he almost scored another goal last weekend. Good Lord. What is going on with Etienne Capu this year? Yeah. Uh, this is not This is not a, like an actual per, like player that we should be talking about. And yet we keep having to talk about him. Yeah. It's... <laughs> I don't get it. It, it, it. As they say in the business, it is what it is. <laughs> uh, but it's 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 just fascinating to me that Watford have actually you know gotten some real offensive names. Yes. Well, yeah, they just they were so Dini dependent last year. Andy Gallo. Uh, yeah, but Igalo was so bad in the second half. Although I guess that proves it because they were pretty poor in the second half. So uh, yeah, they just need a few other guys who can contribute and. Uh, Pereira is definitely one of them. Um, I think we saw, you know, some flashes from a few of their wings, but but that's the problem. They're all flashes, whether it's, you know, Amrabat or Guediora or whatever, however you say his name, who knows, Jose Holebas. Like, these are guys that, like, have contributed, but 
they're so inconsistent that they need to figure out who who can really produce. And, it, it, yeah, it's not easy. It's not easy to figure out. That's yeah. it, that's a hundred percent correct. And uh, a team that has not really figured out the the loan system very well, or at least how to use their young players, is Chelsea, because uh, they, all they do is loan well, they out. Know how to but, yeah, they know how to use it quite well, actually. No, I still think they're don't. very comfortable with it. Nope, I think you should loan out old players you can't sell yet. Uh, Loic Remy they did that is too. One of, yeah, Loic Remy. Yeah. Say, <laughs> speaking of which, Loic Remy, who's not exactly old, but he's not young either. Uh, but he is on his way to Crystal Palace, presumably to from sitting on the bench at Chelsea, from sitting on the bench at Crystal Palace. Do you think he does sit, or do you think he they play a two striker with? Uh, and uh, he plays ahead. Alan, of Pard- Alan Pardew is not known for two striker systems. They did it last week. They started Wickham and Benteke together. Again, they're not known for two striker yeah. systems. That's like one and a half strikers. <laughs> I bet they play both of them sometimes, but there's no reason yeah. Remy would. I, was it you that tweeted out that Connor Wickham is in the lineup to stay out of the way? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That's my point. Uh, Loic Remy, I, those two wouldn't work well together. Uh, the, also, I, I think Christian Benteke would just clog up the spaces in which Remy wants to run into. Okay. Uh, there's no uh, way that Benteke is actually the one who's in the way as opposed to no there's no chance <laughs> uh, anyway Loic Remy I think is a fine option if he actually gets playing time I just don't think he will uh, the one thing I, the one scenario I can imagine possibly is if they want to play him on the wing after they transfer Wilfred Zaha out that's the yeah, only situation I can think of he's not going anywhere you say that, but if Tottenham keep increasing their offer, there is definitely a chance that when we talk again later on this week that we'll be talking about Wilfred Zaha on another team. No way. No chance. But sure, let's we can tease that for the for the earlier for the hold podcast hold on, hold on. later you, this week. Would you would you give me odds on that? I'm, t- I'm not I'm not a bookmaker, Mike. Come on. <laughs> All right. Where does he play? Uh, Loic Remy? Or no. Wilfred Zaha. Where does Zaha play at Tottenham? Well, I think he's probably the depth that they're. You know what? Let's. Yeah. That's a so no. Perfect segue. So the answer what is he doesn't. Se- what a great segue you just gave me, because uh, Nasser Chadley is no longer on Tottenham. He has been transferred to West Bromwich Albion. Yeah. That's a move that I think is extraordinarily underrated. Uh, yeah, I mean he's been pretty good. Um, you know when he when he plays, but he just hasn't played at all. This. I mean he hasn't played. He was, a favorite, he was a favorite of mine last year in EFSA. When he played, right for the he was good for the early part, and then he he basically played when Lamelo looked like a bust, and then when Lamelo figured out how to play in the Premier League, Chadley was a complete afterthought, and so like Chadley has shown an an ability to to perform in the Premier League, so like getting playing time is obviously a plus, but like Zaha going into Chadley's spot at Spurs is not something to like want. Uh, pay increases are always nice for any player. I uh, guess, but like you're basically trading. What do you mean? You guess. Well, I'm on, saying you guess. Zaha guess. is trading essentially, uh, you know, his upside. If he performs well at Crystal Palace, somebody will pay more than Spurs are going to play now, and he's not going to make any more money in his next deal if he sits at Spurs. The upside is to stay. Uh. A dollar today. I gladly pay you for a hamburger today, tomorrow. You know, uh, or whatever that expression is. I, I, I never get the expressions right on the on the at the time I need to get them. Right. <laughs> either way, uh, either way, let's talk about the Chadley part of this move going to West Brom. I, I think that there's massive potential here uh, for him to become an act. Uh, you know, him and Matt Phillips on the wings can actually be something. Yes, but like it's still a Tony Pulis team. Like, are we going to see this, like, revolutionary new attacking style out of him? That's my problem with with both of them. That through three weeks, it's basically been, like, Craig Gardner. And, like, that's the guy that Pulis really wants to, like, be No, that's guy. just the guy who's been getting assists. And does that change? Like, I, I, I feel like they... About, when you talk about set pieces, yeah, I think it does. How? Craig Gardner is a set piece taker as well. Right. And I'm not sure that changes. I think with, Ch- I mean, <sighs> I'm just saying I, Tony Pulis is the reason why I have to temper my expectations for Chadley and Matt Phillips. Like if they got a new manager, like we, 
everybody should be all over these guys. But like, this is just not a team that's like meant to score that much. And ultimately, like that's what you have to do to get fantasy points. Like the mm-hmm. the peripheral stuff is great, but like these are like two attacking wing players in a team that doesn't attack that much. And that's why we don't go crazy about Salomon Rondon. Like if he played for Crystal Palace, we'd be like he'd be awesome. But like he doesn't. He plays for West Brom, who scores, you know, nine tenths of a goal every week or whatever it is. Just like the enough. Like the NFL draft, I'm going to sell hope and, and, and sell hope here, and uh, I think uh, I hope I think I'm, I hope I think I'm way off. Hope on the, I think there is hope on the horizon for Nastro Chadley. Uh, I think he'll he'll get infinitely more points at West Brown than he would at Spurs, because anything higher than yeah, zero more than zero, it. great. <laughs> That's correct. Uh, so, someone who I actually do think, I, I, someone who I know I'm putting in. You know, bids. You know, first waivers for and you know, decent size bid. A uh, decent size bid in in EFSA is going to be Sofian Buffal, who moves from Lille to Southampton. There's two reasons why I do this. Southampton don't miss, and Sofian Buffal is extraordinarily talented, uh, especially on the ball. It's someone who can certainly give uh, Nathan Redmond a run for his money, for one, and Stephen Davis as well. I think Stephen Davis's days of starting are starting to look slimmer and slimmer. You think he starts? Uh, I mean, he plays much more forward than Davis, doesn't he? Well, like yeah. I think Redmond is in Red, trouble. Red, Red. Maybe I think Charlie Austin's really in trouble. <laughs> Shane Charlie Long Austin, will probably see Charlie plenty Austin of rotation. Was, Charlie Austin did not impress last week when he started no. over Shane Long, and I was very upset to see that that happened. <laughs> I'd like to bring up Danny Osvaldo for guys for the Southampton never miss. They missed really badly on that one. I believe he's still their club record signing. Sofian Buffal, I believe, is their new record signing. Oh, is he? Did he actually? Okay. It was, it, it was a big one. I think their last like club record signing was a I think it was 15 million pounds for Buffal. Flop. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think he's going to be great in that, in that team. They've got plenty of attacking pieces, but it's just a matter of who, who ends up falling out of the rotation because yeah, I, it seems... Yeah. Yeah. It seems like Shane Long. It, I feel like you wouldn't buy Nathan Redmond to have him sit, so it's got to be Shane Long or Charlie Austin. Uh, either of them, I feel like, are replaceable. Well, I mean, I don't think Charlie Austin was going to be a regular starter anyway. I mean, Shane. I, I don't think Shane Long would sit because they went on the center forward then. Yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh, can't play that. No, seems he's a winger. More of a winger. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, I, I think Nathan Redmond is one who's definitely going to be looking over his shoulder a little, at least. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I mean, I, I mean, isn't Stephen Davis playing the on the other on the other wing in midfield? Yeah, but the the forwards are so they're kind of dominating that attack. But I don't think Davis is really playing as like an attacking midfielder. Yeah. Puel is Claude Puel is is familiar with Buffal coming from. League, uh, so I mean, he's seen what Buffal can do and he knows where he needs to play him. Yep, yep. So I don't think they'd go after him for no reason at all. I'm, I, that, that's that, I think that's going to be for, from a fantasy Premier League perspective, one, one of the transfers from this past week that'll have the most impact. Yeah, I think that's right. We should also, I think, that Jeremy is it, was it Piad, Peed? Peed. Know how to, Peed, right? He's out for the season. So that any sort of fullback hesitancy anybody had. Is basically null, except for I guess Cuco Martina, who Everton continue to talk about. Yeah, it, it, Matt, Matt targets Matt targets still. Uh, I think still, Bertrand's still, back. So. Yeah, that, well, Bertrand was supposed to be back last week, but he didn't start. Matt Target right. still started, but yeah. Well, I think that's a easing his way back in. I bet yeah. Bertrand takes over after the break. Yep, I, I was just about to say the only person you should have doubt with with the fullbacks is uh, Matt Target. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because Cedric just signed a new deal too. So, correct. Not that. Okay. That uh, but the number. Anywhere, but. Yeah, let's get back to the transfers though. Simon Zaza, that of the most memorable penalty at oh. uh, at Euros. Oh my God, was that Gross. awful? He actually is talented. Uh, <laughs> I, it's, it's. I mean, the last image you probably saw of him was of that ridiculous penalty. Yeah. But uh, it looked like Gognum style. And then he kicked the ball way over the, anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, he goes from Juventus to West Ham on loan. Uh, West Ham desperately need a center forward and Simon Zaza can play that position. He's, he's a talented. (laughs) That's that's what the problem is. (laughs) He can play there. He can play there. He's not, he is a, 
I see him more as a winger than I do as a center forward, but he can play centrally. Yeah. I feel like we say the same thing about Enter Valencia. No? <laughs> did they did they buy another Enter Valencia? Is that what they just happened? Have. They might have. <laughs> uh, from, from the transfers this week, I think this one has the is the second most likely to make a real impact. Hmm. Uh, Mustafi. Forgot about hmm. Mustafi. Um, how many goal scorers come in from Italy and like perform right away? Uh, I, I didn't really have this question in it beforehand, so it's going to take me a minute. I mean, in the past, however many years, how many Italian, how many strikers from the from Syria have come into the league? Period. Yeah, that's probably well. That, maybe that helps my point. I just, none of them are jumping out at me, and I don't know. I just we we constantly talk about how hard it is to adjust to the Premier League, and the idea that Jaja could be like be a prolific goal scorer i mean we're not talking about 30 goals here but no like does he lead them in goals by the end of the year is he second is he third like i mean he's only two goals behind their leading goal scorer no i know so yeah i mean <laughs> it's, not like it's, a, it's not like it's an insurmountable hill to get over I, i'm i'm the other way i i think he won't even be close like i wonder if you'll get more goals out of andy carroll this year because you know he'll have a hat trick against arsenal at some point well, let's continue to sell. Uh, I'll continue to sell hope, and you can continue to sell pragmatism and uh, and pessimism. Uh, so let's go to someone who we both are probably going to be extraordinarily optimistic about: Patrick Bamford, moving from Chelsea to Burnley. Uh, do Sam Vokes and or Andre Gray have anything to worry about, Andrew? No. <laughs> Did I hear a slight wow before you said no? Um, it was a wow from something I just saw on my computer. I apologize for that. No, I just thought you were I like, saw that wow. Kind of like, like, went to Schalke on loan, and I said, wow, to that. Well, yeah. Um, okay. That was such a huge signing when it actually happened for uh, for Sevilla. Yeah. And, and Kodu is coming to Tottenham, apparently. But anyway, uh, Bamford, there's no reason for me to expect anything out of him. He's now more than a season removed from being a solid goal scorer in a lower division that expecting him to be fantasy relevant in the premier league ahead of Andre Gray or Sam Vokes is, I don't even know what the word is for that, but it's, I'm not, I'm not buying. Andre Gray has nothing to worry about. Sam Vokes. I'm not convinced. Okay. I think he'll be a great EFL cup player if they're still in it. (laughs) Yeah, sure. I just. Sure, sure. Why do you think he? Do you think he actually plays enough? Uh, no. This is his third team in six not months. Early. Or nine. Not months. early. Yeah. At least not early in the season. That's. How about how about this? To say. Is he still with Burnley in February? You talk. Who are you referring? Bamford. Yes. Oh, okay. So that so that's already a step up. Uh, I'm not saying he'll be happy. <laughs> I think he'll be there. It's it's he's making the best of a really bad situation right now. Is what I'll put him. I mean, there there was never a situation at Chelsea for him. At least not not in the upcoming future. I think that the younger players like Tammy Abraham have already passed him. Yep, they're all young, but the younger ones is the way I'll put it. Hmm. Oh my goodness gracious! They're just there's just so much to get there. The moves are just coming coming in left and right. Uh, but we, uh, I mean, Roberto Pereira, we kind of touched on before with Watford. Uh, I actually, th- I, I think he's going to continue to do well. I think he's a player that's scrappy and has some physical nature to him, and has a, and actually has some skill going forward as well. Uh, as long as he gets playing time, which he didn't do at first in his first week available, which was last week, but. Uh, I think after the break, he, I think he'll be firmly put into the starting 11. I agree. Okay. I agree. Totally. But the last player I do kind of want to get to here is Brendan Galloway moving from Everton to West Brom. Is he going to get starting time, do you think? Because if so, he can send in some crosses. Yeah, he started last weekend. I had him um, on one of, on my Sunday team. And yeah, so yeah, I should have said consi- consistent playing time. Yes. Yeah, no, I think he was brought in to start, and uh, I think 
he provides quite a bit actually because at least in the season long ones the season long formats he was pretty cheap because he was a backup at Everton and now um yeah I think he's going to get consistent starts for a Tony Pulis defense like yeah I'm on board and we will talk more about more trans uh, you know at the end of the transfer window we'll be back later on this week to talk about the rest of them we do have to move on though uh, we do have to recap the games from last week, but first let's recap our individual performances. I went one and two in our season-long leagues. Uh, I did so badly in one Taga league that even with an, I had a, a ten out of the eleven spots filled, and I still only scored forty-one points. So that was awful. Uh, it just sometimes it just works out that way, uh, and and then uh, I and then ESO was the only league that I won, and then of course you crushed me in uh, in our DraftKings head-to-head. And I came in ninth out of ten in our RotoWire league for the uh, for the DFS for this weekend. So I returned to the DraftKings world rusty at the minimum. <laughs> yeah, we we're still trying to gauge uh, how big to make these leagues uh, or the, these contests within the leagues. So this opening one was just a ten teamer, and then that filled rather quickly. Uh, I think two more actually filled. So we'll try to make them a little bigger so that. Uh, people can win a little more money, but uh, the only difficulty is if they don't fill, then they don't run at all. So we just have to, we'll probably have people left out every week just so to make sure that they run, but uh, we'll definitely make them a little bigger and we'll try to do a few more. We've had a few MLS ones not run at all. So um, we'll probably, they stay away from the world cup qualifiers that they're doing now, just cause uh, I'm not sure there's going to be enough interest, but the premier league ones will make bigger and um, I hope we can do a little better. <laughs> All right, guys. What we should do is tweet at Rotowire Andrew that you are interested in signing up for DraftKings leagues every week and pepper him with requests so that he has no choice but to make the leagues bigger. Yeah, that's fair. Sounds, that sounds great. Yes, and only Rotowire Andrew, please. <laughs> do not tweet at Sports by Gotti. You will not be happy. Uh, anyway. Uh, we will we will now uh, we should probably move on to actually recap the games that we saw or at least that you saw because I was in a no TV no cell phone reception no internet area all weekend and it felt great uh, so I'm gonna probably Even have the to moon has internet <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's that's just perfect all right but we should start off with the uh, with the early game from last weekend, which I'm, of course, stalling for time because I've forgotten to actually pull up the schedule from last weekend because I am an amazing podcast host. It was uh, Spurs-Liverpool. Yeah, it was kind of a big deal, right? Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so from what I saw from the highlights, it looked like uh, Liverpool definitely had early penalty opportunities and early chances. Sorry, he had the, the couple penalty shouts early. They also had... Uh, Philippe Coutinho missed chances early. They did get uh, one, they get, did get one goal from James Milner on a penalty, mm-hmm. uh, but Tottenham came charging back to 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 even it up at one one to sh- to share the points. Andrew, yeah, both left backs scored, which is always fun when you have two teams who like were top five in goals last year. But uh, I think this game kind of played out exactly how you would expect. Like Spurs are a much better defensive team uh, than Liverpool, certainly, uh, but these kind of upper tier teams playing each other rarely uh, end up as goal fests so especially earlier in the season so the you know I think the score line was probably accurate of what we should have expected yep and uh, Lamella and Firmino got assists so again Lamella showing that he is more valuable than Christian Eriksen like we talk about every week now <laughs> in fairness Lamella was the reason Milner got that penalty so <laughs> meaning he was the one who could value the at both ends for that's both right teams. that's right uh, now, uh, one thing I did see, though, is that Joel Matip had a really nice pass to Roberto Firmino, who then drew the penalty for James Milner. So um, something nice to see there. And Simo Mignolet had a good game. Yeah, they actually both goalkeepers made a few good saves, which, um, you know, they're they're capable of. But neither of them are first choice. So <laughs> I guess it, 1-1 is a pretty good result when you have two backup goalkeepers. Yeah. All right. Uh, contrary to popular belief, Chelsea actually can keep a clean sheet and did and keep a clean sheet. They did three nil against Burnley. However, Tom Heaton still had six saves to cancel out those three goals. So uh, it's hey, look, Tom Heaton is going to have the most saves in the Premier League this season. Um, six saves and no goals allowed is actually much better, though. <laughs> 
he did I'm not do sure that. He's... He did that the week before. Against yes, Liverpool. he did. Yes, he did. Um, yeah, I. It'll be close. I'm not sure he's going to end up as the top, but the saves are certainly going to help him. Uh, Chelsea um, had a clean sheet because I transferred Thibaut Courtois out of my fan my FPL team. So that is correct. Waiting. So you're welcome to everybody who still has him. Yep, that is the sole reason. Yep. Uh, six different players on the score sheet in terms of goals and assists. So lots of lots of points to be had from Chelsea. So Hazard, Willian, and Moses. Uh, got the goals, and Modic, Pedro, and Diego Costa got assists. Uh, it's good to see Hazard get on the board with a goal. Uh, really nice darting run with a nice bounced finish. Uh, yeah. It's very weird to see someone use like the out, uh, use the curl shot, and then it bounces still before it goes in. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it's something so it's something so unique. To, I mean, Hazard's done it more than once. Uh, it's just it's just that well placed. You just can't stop it, even though it's just cutting the grass as it goes past you. Hmm. Uh, Willian also had, he hit a missile. Yeah. Uh, tough, uh, tough angle. Too. Yeah. Real tough angle. And then uh, Victor Moses sealed it all off in the end, killed the game with a nice volley. Um, but just in general, this was the complete Chelsea performance that Antonio Conte was looking for to kill the game off when they had the chances uh, and kill it, kill it off. They did. And Burnley put nothing together going forward. Absolutely nothing. And that's partly due to N'Golo Conte, who also had a good game defensively. Do you think that automatically sparked their move for uh, Bamford? They're like, man, these guys just crushed us. Let's just go get a guy they don't they don't want. That's right. Yeah. That's, now they don't have to exactly. worry about not having him for two games because they've already played Chelsea. So now they'll get him for every game except one for the rest of the season. Uh, Michi Batshuayi was not on the score sheet. Six players, and he's not one of them. I didn't know that Crazy. was allowed. Yeah, especially because he didn't start, which uh, <laughs> in my mind, we talked about this a little before the podcast. Every time Michi Batshuayi doesn't start, I'm considering it a benching. Right, that's he, right. He more, he more than deserves it. Um, before we go any further, the, I think it was you and I, might have been somebody else, but asked about Michi Batshuayi and playing him in DraftKings. And then uh, my response was he wasn't starting, so it didn't even matter. And um, the question back, and I apologize for um forgetting who who asked me this question but the question was basically like you know he's going to play so why don't you just take the chance because it's it's a clear differential cuz most people wouldn't play him and the reason is is that you have no idea that he's not going to play i mean the the you don't go to a guy on the bench as a differential like you just don't do it you get the guys who play because you you need to make sure you get some points and um you know injuries happen where all of a I sudden was just about to say that. Uh, you know, a, a substitution that you were not expecting to happen has to happen. Uh, and then all of a sudden there's one fewer shot that Batshuayi has to come in. And so um, if whoever asked me that question is listening and you're thinking, I'll just use a bench guy as a differential, just the, the upside is never worth the risk. That is the politest way that Andrew is going to say that's a stupid question. <laughs> uh, you know, there I think there are enough people who are new to fantasy soccer that I'd like to pretend there are no, I mean, there are definitely stupid questions that that wasn't stupid though. It just wasn't. All right. I'll totally say it. That was out. a stupid question. Uh, <laughs> Crystal palace one Birdmouth one, uh, Johan Kabai is the big story in this one missing the penalty. Um, uh, just a totally transparent penalty that Borch saw all the way. It really wasn't that complicated of a save. It was right, right at a nice height. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't think he guessed the right way. I think he saw what he was going to go and he just was there. Um, but Joshua King scored the, the goal from open play for Burnmouth, uh, assisted by Harry Arder. And then Jason Punchin got the assist on Scott Dan's goal because, of course, Scott Dan's going to score the goal for Crystal Palace when they get a nice, <laughs> new, shiny, brand-new striker in uh, in Christian Benteke, uh, who did play, who did start. So, yeah. Um, Benteke drew the penalty that uh, Kabai fluffed, as they were describing it. The I sent you the quote um, that they asked Benteke about. Apparently, Benteke asked Kabai if he could take the penalty since he drew it. Kabai said no. Then he missed, or he his horrible attempt was then saved, and Benteke apparently told reporters after, I'm taking the next one. To which you replied, probably not. <laughs> to which I replied, sure he will. Dot, oh, dot, yeah, dot. sure he will. Um, you, I hope he does, because, I mean, they don't, I mean, penalties are so random anyway, but the... I see no reason for Kabai to get another shot, although I think Punchin was taking them for a little bit last year. I'm not sure who else really would take them ahead of Benteke. The guy's there to score goals. Let him score goals. 
especially with his feet, to prove that he can score goals with his feet. Yes. Uh, speaking, of, speaking of amazing penalties, Leighton Bain scored one for Everton in their one nothing victory against Stoke. Uh, I saw the replay. It was absolutely an own goal. Yeah, definitely not. He did not score a goal, actually. An own goal. Yeah, exactly. Well, the stat correction – well, actually, the stat correction gave it as an own goal. The dubious goal committee. There we go. I just remembered the name. Oh, I thought they gave it to him that day. Or they, I they thought did. they gave the old own goal that day. No, because it still showed up as a goal, at least on Taga did. Or on, oh. it, For those who uh, didn't see it, Baines hooked it right. It went off the post and then off the back of Shea Given's head and into it the went, goal. It, if to be fair, it went off of Shane Given's hand, then the post. Oh, that's Shane right. It did hit his hand, hand first. That's and right. then in. Yes. Uh, so, so on the same play, Shane Given got a, a, a saved oh. penalty. Yay. Right. Tons of points. And then he gave up an own goal. Right. Boo. Negative right. points. <laughs> <laughs> and it's actually even worse. I, I assume it, this applies. I'll be honest. I haven't looked too much into goalie own goals on Taga. But, like, you also get negative points for goals allowed. So, like, you get the own goal and a goal allowed. <laughs> It just totally cancels out the fact that Shea Given made eight saves. Right. Including on a penalty. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> From late. Uh, but Bar- Martin Stecklenburg got his clean sheet in one save, which is nice to see for him. Uh, Leighton Baines did get his assist, and Ross Barkley did not do too terribly much, which was just Romelu Lukaku, who has, do you think he has one day left at Goodison? Or, although he's well, in, with Belgium uh, right now, but is he leaving? <sighs> I feel like only, it's a little, I feel like it's been too quiet. Only I know that if, he said that he was staying, but if Everton if Everton sign a forward, if they sign a center, if they sign a central striker of note, that's the that's the key. That's the kicker. That's Everton doesn't sign just like strikers of note though. They don't go to really, Everton. Really they they didn't they didn't they didn't sign Romelu Lukaku. That was a after a loan and Chelsea didn't want him. I mean that was a very unique situation. Was it three years in a row he went on loan? I mean, he wasn't... Chelsea clearly was done with him. And he just happened to have a great season at Everton. He also had a good one at West Brom. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, It's... So did Victor Moses, too. Um, (laughs) But... (laughs) uh, Again, they don't know how to use the loan system. Uh, Everton... Everton... uh, they just keep impressing me with the way they can get points. Um, so Ronald Koeman's effect is still in effect. Uh, Stoke, again, offensively are lost. They are just lost. Yeah, Shakiri uh, was out again. Um, I think Boyan was on the bench. Yep, uh, Peter Crouch started. That's how. That, that's, yeah. where, that's where we come to. Done. I don't know uh, if there's anything more to say. No, there's, no, there's nothing more to say. So, oh my God, the penalty theme just keeps continuing. Riyad Mahrez misses another penalty for Leicester. When is he going to stop taking those? Uh, but they did still win 2-1 to one against Swansea. Um, I mean, the, the positive note is Jamie Vardy scored a very Jamie Vardy goal. Sure did. Uh, Danny Drinkwater huffed the ball forward, and Jamie Vardy finished it off, and mm-hmm. Robert Huth assisted Wes Morgan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if, there's, if there's nothing more symbolic to, to last year, I think that's it. Right. Who needs fullbacks in fantasy when you can oh, have Wes Morgan? Actually, I think I got it backwards. I think it was Robert Huth who huffed the ball forward for Vardy and Drinkwater assisted on Morgan on the corner. No, no, no. Huth definitely it, assisted on Morgan's. Okay, so it was like a, a deflection on the corner? It was definitely a last touch before goal scored or whatever we L-tog. whatever we called them. L-tog. Uh, yes. Okay, so yeah, but either way, uh, for Leroy Fair, it's nice to see him. Get, uh, he got another goal. Uh, yes. I mean, Leroy Fair is... Someone who I've picked up in at least in one Taga league. It's somebody who can do everything, but is never really trusted to. Uh, ever, not since QPR, uh, when QPR were last in the Premier League. So, for me, Leroy Fair has all the potential in the world. They give him the responsibility, and Gilfie Sigurdsson. He, I mean, he's 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 played the last couple of weeks, but he just hasn't really been on the the score sheet much. Yeah, he'll get there. I mean, he was a little delayed in his preseason because of Iceland's run in the in the Euros. So I think he'll be fine. It was just a matter of getting his fitness up. Yeah. And Lucas Fabianski, um, even though in, in losing efforts, he's been good. Uh, he had another four saves this week. I mean, he, he's not – he has been terrible this year. And it's somebody who, you know, pretty much almost any matchup is going to get – it's going to get you some points. 
Yeah. They just the, the upside, the clean sheet upside, just not high enough for me. Yep. Uh, especially if you're talking FPL, then I totally agree. Okay, let's move on, though. We have Southampton 1, Sunderland 1, Jermaine Defoe. There was never any doubt when he took uh, when he took his goal. That's, that is for sure. Uh, but you have to feel sorry. I mean, Pickford, who had a good game of six saves, the goal that he let up was kind of weak on so Jay Rodriguez's weak. shot. So uh, weak. Yeah. And basically a couple of names that, hey, you used to be relevant. James Ward-Prowse assisted Jay Rodriguez. Uh, there's really not much else to say about this game other than that was a pretty weak save, even though he a weak goal, even though Pickford had six saves and Fraser Forrester is not really being the goaltender he was last season so far. Yes. I mean, the Southampton, I mean, Forrester's value comes from clean sheets. They don't like give up a ton of shots on target. And so he needs to get shutouts to have, you know, plenty of fantasy value. So if they're not going to, you know, there's, if you're not going to get the saves, then you need to do shut. You need, you need to shut them out, and he's not doing that, so he's not. You know, it's just a lose lose. Yeah, yep. Uh, or in this case, draw draw. Right. Uh, but uh, let's move on to Watford one, Arsenal three. Everyone you wanted to see on the score sheet got on it for Arsenal. Uh, Alexi Sanchez was just a, a dynamite. Uh, yep. <laughs> a goal and two assists involved in every goal, and Mesut Ozil got on the score sheet. Santi Gazzola hit his penalty. Um, the fact that he takes penalties to me is still just a mystery. Uh, but Theo Walcott got an assist, hooray! And uh, as aforementioned, Roberto Pereira got his uh, got the consolation prize for Watford uh, to make it three one. But I mean, Jack Alexis Wilshire, was so good that he set up Mesut Ozil's headed goal. That should say it all. And it was from I think if I saw that if I remember the highlight correctly he was just it was from a standing still cross he wasn't like yep. attacking he was just standing there then yep. placed it right on Ozil's forehead correct good header very rarely does P- P- uh, Peter Check make six saves but yeah he made six saves and I th- and from what I read Odiani Gallo and Troy Deeney were giving them all the trouble that they can handle mm-hmm. well again Rob Holding started so. <laughs> But still, it was not. It's good. It's a little, a little bothersome to Arsenal. They can still be kind of picked apart because they were outshot. They were out uh, and uh, yeah, outshot. And I, I think they had the same shots on target. I think it was seven seven. In terms of I shot think on once target, once you're on up, target. once you hit three goals, I think you can relax a little bit in the attack, which opens up more shots against you. Yeah. Well, that game was never in question. It certainly wasn't, but the the alarm bells, at least defensively for Arsenal, they're still ringing. Hmm. They should go out and sign a center back. I think they did. Uh, I I think they talked about uh, Skodron Mustafi. Uh, Hmm. Has that happened? Have we talked about that? (laughs) All right, let's move on. Uh, Hull 0, Manchester United 1. The reborn Marcus Rashford, uh, uh, assisted by Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney's been great. Uh, This is the Rooney we thought we were getting last year. Yeah, well, I I don't know what's happened, but Wayne Rooney has seemed to take. Like, actually, you know, this is probably the reason why Jose Mourinho wanted him so badly last year at Chelsea. Remember, there was the whole transfer speculation that he was trying to get Wayne Rooney almost all of last season. Hmm. Instead, so, he just took the United job. Correct. Um, Basically, anything did work with Wayne Rooney, but Wayne Rooney assisting Marcus Rashford in extra time, uh, in 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 Alex Ferguson time, if you will. Yes. Um, <laughs> To, to secure the one nil victory, secure their perfect start to the season. Zlatan, um, uh, not really his fault. Yakupovic had a great day with seven saves. Uh, you can't really complain about Zlatan's start to the season, but for Hull, job almost done. <laughs> almost. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it's uh, like we said, Hull's much better than we gave them credit for at the beginning of the season. So this is a tough loss, but like. There are going to be plenty of teams that Manchester United beats on the road, and they'll be much worse than going 93 minutes scoreless. So I don't think any – no opinions of Hull change because of this game. Yep, and I'm assuming no opinions will change of West Brom or Middlesbrough in their nil-nil draw, which is exactly what most people probably expected. Uh, ben Foster and Brad Guzan getting getting the points there. Uh, I still love Craig Dawson. Uh, he, wasn't, he wasn't exactly uh, – dominant in terms of his offensive production with crossing or anything like that but 
you know, him and Galloway definitely present value at at, at the defense, especially Galloway, considering his price. Yeah. um, Dawson, I believe, had the best um, shot at goal during the match with just a header off of a corner. Um, I have... I, I think that Galloway has a shot to be a better fantasy producer, like total points than Dawson this year. If you count crosses. Yeah. 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 In well, I mean, I'm not sure Dawson scoring that many goals or getting that many assists more than Galloway. So I'm not even sure the format really matters. Yeah, that... I think Galloway might be better than Dawson for fantasy. That's the that's the bold statement that I was looking for. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Uh, for Middlesbrough, um, George Friend did not play, so uh, I'm a little disappointed there. But uh, it, it was not. It, it, you know, it's good to see Middlesbrough at least you know getting points and uh, keeping their efforts to stay up. But uh, this was a total West Brom kind of game, and they almost yep. nicked the one nil with that set piece. You're right. So you know, total West Brom, and you know. It's nice to see that some things go as planned. Like Manchester 3, West Ham 1. Uh, unplanned was Raheem Sterling scoring twice. Gee. I mean, He looks talk amazing. About, talk about a resurgence. Yeah. yeah. And that second goal, that was cheeky. Yeah. Uh, from the extreme angle, just I guarantee you if he had missed that, uh, every single one of his teammates who was in the, uh, the six-yard box at the time waiting for the tap-in at the back post. <laughs> Would have been extraordinarily pissed off. But yeah. uh, Fernandinho scored the opener, I believe, for them. Uh, and gorgeous Mikel free kick uh, from De Bruyne. Yep, put it right on his nose. I think he used his forehead, but it would have hit him right in the nose if he didn't <laughs> duck down. If Either way, uh, Mikel Antonio scored the exact same goal he scored last week, uh, assisted by Masuasco, Masuasco, who we also said that we liked last week as well. Yes. Uh, so nice to see us actually getting one right there. But <laughs> David Silva, Kevin De Bruyne, and Nolito getting on the board so it, it, for assists for City. So a lot of the big names you like uh, getting on the score sheet except for Sergio Aguero. Who is officially facing a three-match ban for an elbow to Winston Reed. So Aguero yep. actually pulled out of international duty from a, because of a calf injury. He left uh, this match late, but apparently because of his calf injury, which he'll be able to... Um, basically rehab because there's no reason to think he won't be hit with this three-match ban. The plus side is that one of them will be played during EFL Cup play, so he's only missing two Premier League matches. But uh, the big one is, you know, when they come back from this international break is the Manchester Derby, so he'll be out for that one. Yeah, and I see it very unlikely it getting reduced from three games. Yeah, no way. That was that was a pretty wicked elbow. Yep, it was straight out of Diego Costa's book. Um, do you the, think... only pro- the only problem is he was caught. Right. All right. Um, do you think they go with like Ianacho in his spot? That is the that is the question. I mean, if Wilfred Boney is still on the roster, you still have to think that he still gets preference. But really, uh, you know what? I, actually, <laughs> after I said it out loud, no, <laughs> I don't think that. I mean, they so. could force Nolito up there. It's not no, his preferred position, but. He could do it. I mean, he basically played that for Spain during the Euros, which um, didn't really work. But <laughs> but he's played he could, it before. He could, but shouldn't. He's the Jaja of Man City at this point. He the, could. The ja- he's the Jaja Gabor of center forwards. <laughs> Not the Jaja. I don't even know what that means. Up, I have no idea what that even means. Uh, but but they could play him there. They. I mean, it, obviously, it wasn't under Pep, but Raheem Sterling played up top centrally for a few games under Manuel Pellegrini last year and with the way he's playing like why not try him there they could kind of just interchange Pep likes to move his guys around anyway maybe Kolarov (laughs) keep moving up like David Alaba Uh, one can only hope Uh, (laughs) but (laughs) let's talk uh, let's talk about something that we were talking about a little bit on Twitter earlier today um you know, we got a question about you know someone using their wild card already, and oh, you know, yeah. and I and I and I said that you said is it too early to use the wild card? To which I reply, if you feel like you have to use it, you know, you get two this, you get two this year, so it's not like it's a big deal. Um, for me, it's the problem that I have with people who like do these wild cards to like all the hot players now, which is basically what we got on Twitter. Uh, you're already behind the people who already have those players. So all you're doing is, is ensuring that you'll finish behind those people hmm. because the, all you're going to do is keep pace. Mm-hmm. 
from here on out. So let's talk about potential differential plays. You know, if your team has struggled off the bat, who are some guys that, you know, people may be actually shying away from or who haven't picked up on yet somewhere where you can actually sneak some, some profit points in. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the other thing I will say, or before I go into that, like don't make your transfers now. Um, there's no reason to ever do them, uh, you know, three days before the transfer deadline, let alone 13. Um, there are so many guys and most of the guys that people are considering on international duty that injuries can happen and there's no reason to basically pick up a guy now because you could very easily see him uh, get hurt over the international break and then you've wasted your um, your transfers. But guys, so so what I like to do is essentially check out each position and look at the guys who are just not that heavily owned. Like, forget about who you think will be great. Think about who you will be great that not many people have. And a lot of the guys that we've seen dropped early on are those that have kind of been eased back in after the internet, after uh, the Euros. So like Mesut Ozil is owned by six and a half percent of teams. Like that's, that's really low for a player who could finish in the top five of midfielders. Alexis Sanchez is at 9.7. Like that's really, um, really low for a player of his caliber. Um, like on the flip side, Riyad Mahrez, who I believe is either the same price or, or just around uh, Alexis, he may even be more is almost 25% owned. So like, if you're thinking about Riyad Mahrez, you really should get off of him because all of the people in front of you have him. Um, but you want the guys who, who are not as heavily owned. Um, anybody who had Aguero at this point will need to get rid of him because he's going to be out for three matches. So, um, don't, we were, as we were saying, like, we don't know who's going to start in, in his place, but there's no reason to drop from Aguero to Kalechi Iannaccio. Like the, it's not like a like for like <laughs> move there. So, um, the Arsenal guys are ones that I like. Um, Dimitri Payet is still pretty significantly owned, but it's only 14 and a half percent. When, if he comes back fit, apparently he's training with France. Like he's a really good one. Antonio is at 4.7%. I mean, <laughs> that's really low for a guy who's been able to score as much as he has. So um, I would say focus on ownership percentages if you're really going to make like tremendous changes to your team because, like you said, you've got to catch up at this point. You can't just take the guys that everybody else has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, so you know, someone who came, someone who I thought of right off the bat here. Let's just start getting to some names because now we got the strategy down here. Um, Arthur Mas- uh, Masuaku, uh, Masuaku, who we just talked about. I mean, he's fought, he, he's rated at five flat on FPL, which is actually not a bad price for him. Nope. Um, he already has eleven points, and he's he's going to start because Cresswell's out for a long time. Yep. He um, he's point four percent owned. Like point four. That's that's absurd. Like a starting West Ham defender shouldn't be that low. Um, especially with the way he's played. The only thing I'll note is in their next three games, they play uh, Man City and Leicester. So that is Man City without Aguero, but it's, you know, still those two teams. Uh, And then separately in their two to four, their second game after the break, and then their fourth is at Watford and home against Stoke, which are games you'd probably play them in. But um, yeah, that's, I like that call. Yeah, and also for West Ham, Zaza. Uh, he, he has a 0% ownership right now. Zaza is the same as Kaleri, so uh, FPL is pegging him to start. So uh, as far as value is concerned, it, he's someone who currently has a 0% ownership. So at least someone to at least keep in mind uh, you know, as the time gets closer to game week four coming back from international break. Uh, at, a, at a 4.5, I think that Antonio has – Confer, uh, you know, firmed up his position as the right midfielder, leaving Sam Byram as a right back possibility as well. Because mm-hmm. all, all, just starting at West Ham here, I've, I think I've identified a few players that have actually, you know, th- that can get you some differential numbers at least with a yeah. nice fixture list coming up. Yeah, uh, it's kind of off and on fixture list, but um, yeah, I like those. And um, Buffal actually came in as a midfielder. Um, and it's seven flat, so that would be one that I would consider um, just because the midfield – I feel like midfield is just so deep, and at this point everybody has Eden Hazard, so there's every reason to kind of try to go off the off the path with uh, 
yep. with midfield guy, because yeah. you can do it. If he stays healthy, a guy that I'm going to probably pick up, Callum Chambers, 4.5. <laughs> going to Middlesbrough. Just, uh, uh, the problem with with FPL, like it's so clean sheet dependent that Middlesbrough set up Middlesbrough set up to not be broken down. I guess. <clears throat> I mean, Burnley was the promoted team that was that made it up here because of defense. So I feel like you're better off going with your boy Tom Heaton and Ben Mee or something like that. <laughs> Tommy Heat. Uh, I hope that sticks. Brennan Galloway again, four point five. Yeah. I like that one a lot. I have Gareth McCauley, who's been pretty good, and he's at 4.5, but like the... Oh, he's now at 4.6? Oh, even better. I was staring at my own team, so I've already made some profit there. But yeah, I think both of those guys, like Tony Pulis is going to get you some clean sheets. So uh, if you can you know, make your defenders deep enough where you can interchange them and play West Brom when they should shut out a team, then every reason to have at least one guy, if not two. Yeah. Brendan Galloway, 0.3%. <sighs> There's tons of value still available. Don't yeah. rush, but if you want to do something, don't get the guy that everyone else has. Mm-hmm. You need to actually make up ground. You can't just do what everyone else is doing. Yeah. I still am. I'm actually like the wild card. I feel like you need to make whole, like truly wholesale changes to use it. Like I have no problem taking a minus four or even a minus eight. Uh, if I think I'll make those points back up, um, because if I'm, you know, I, if I can make them up immediately, that's great. If I can make them up in two weeks, that's, you know, even better, but, uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a little more aggressive when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. For me, yeah, for me, it's all about getting differential plays, especially at defense because you, I don't want to spend up there anyway. So it's I, I'm always looking for the 4.5 guys. Always looking for 4.5 players. Like I'm probably going to transfer out Zuniga soon, and I'm probably going to transfer out Dawson for Galloway to save me, you yeah. know, like a just to save me 0.5 so I can use yeah. somewhere else and get you more points anyway. Potentially, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's all and also just in general, don't overreact. It's been three weeks. You know, we yeah, still have exactly. 35. We still have 35 to go. The, the weather will get cold and warm up again by the time we're done with this. <laughs> Great point. Great point. So keep that in mind when you're making your changes. But we will be back again uh, on uh, Thursday or Friday this week to talk about the end of the transfer period to see if there are any more FPL-related transfers. Remember, no game week this weekend for international break. So we will be back talking about actual games uh, next week. But join us for some more shenanigans and for some more transfer talk later on this week. We'll catch you then. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.